don't panic. Okay, everybody? Don't panic. I know you're looking at the runtime of the, the podcast, and you're going, this is way too long. Don't worry. I know that the last one was really long, too, but it's just... It's because we're doing a special thing here with the first one. They're not all going to be like this. This is not the standard for the podcast. You're going to be fine. Stay with me. Um, uh, welcome to season two. Season two, we made it. A thing we planned from the very beginning. <laughs> from the minute we started the show, we were like, Devin, let's make season one of a podcast. And then uh, years later... One of us was brave and thought, what if we made a season two as well? And here we are. A Um, season two of what, you may ask? uh, Hey, Devin, a season two of what? (laughs) I know how to take instruction. Original podcast, Do Not Steal, a podcast wherein every week, Amber Autumn and I discuss a specific topic at length and then create an original character within that space. And today, first episode of season two, brand new energy, new environment. Aren't you excited? Get hype! Amber has selected the topic. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're going to talk about some Anton Chekhov plays today. And I think the first thing that I want to say um, about Anton Chekhov plays um, is, uh, sorry. Um, I know that there may or may not be some people in the audience who are here to listen to me have some opinions about some Anton Chekhov shows. We may have some check heads in the audience, as they are known. We all know check heads. We all know a check head. We all love a check head in our life. Um, uh, but I'm not, like, an expert or anything. And I'm assuming that, Devin, you're not an expert or anything. You've never spoken to me about Chekhov before. This is the exact um, same energy when I was like, Amber, do you want to do Ruddy Gore? And you were like, sure, what's that? And I was like, have you heard any Gilbert and Sullivan productions? And you went, no. And I went, me either. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing back some classic season one energy for beginning season two. So I'm not an expert. I have, um, I saw a production of The Cherry Orchard once. Um, I read The Seagull actually pretty recently. I have like some passing knowledge of Chekhov, but like really the thing that we're doing with this episode is not actually going to be that much about making the OC. The thing that we're really going to be doing here um, is the dumbest bit possible that you could, like if you just think about why would they be doing a Chekhov episode for the first thing and then you have like your first thought and you're like, no, that's too dumb. They can't have done that yet. Um uh, unfortunately, that is exactly what we are doing. Um, so, before we get going, Anton Chekhov, what are we talking about ostensibly? So, Anton Chekhov is a Russian playwright at the turn of the century, but, like, the other century. So, he lived from, like, the late 1800s through to, like, 1906 or something like that. Right at the beginning of the 20th century, he died at the age of, like, 44. Um... Uh, and he was writing plays around that time. His, he produced, like, four works that are considered to be, like, the canonical masterworks. He did, um, he did Cherry Orchard and Seagull, which I already mentioned here, and then Three Sisters, um, and Uncle Yelnev. Yelnev? I, I might be, Yarnov? Something like, I don't remember. The check heads in the audience are so mad at me for getting it wrong already. I don't even know the name of, like, his fourth most famous play of all time. Um... Uh, but he's, like, considered one of, like, the canonical masters of, like, playwriting and of Russian literature. He's, like, contemporaries with Tolstoy, and they were, like, buds or whatever. Um, and most of his work, the writing that he did, was 
very, like, contemporaneous. It was very, like, kind of down-to-earth. So the thing about Chekhov works is that they're mostly comedies. I mean, they're tragic comedies. They're, they're like, they care about the pathos of their characters. Um, but they aren't, like... They're funny. They're just funny in a way that doesn't necessarily always translate to English super well. There have been a bunch of translations of all of the plays. And famously, like, they're all found sort of lacking because there's a bunch of stuff from his, like, particular Russian sense of humor. It's very dour. It's very, um, uh, yearning. And it doesn't always translate to English super well. But most of his stories are comedies of a sort about... Um, like, a group of ordinary people kind of wandering around over the course of four acts, very, like, listlessly in search of something. He writes about artists. He writes about, um, uh, people who are searching their way for something and, um, may or may not find it by the end of the play, but probably they won't. The thing that Chekhov is known for among the kind of people who are, I suspect, listening to this podcast right now, um, is, of course, for Chekhov's gun, which is, like, this aphorism that Chekhov, that, like, gets attributed to him, I think he actually made it up, which is that if you, if you introduce a gun by the beginning of the show, in the, in the first act, then the gun has to go off in the fourth act, which is, like, a kind of just, like, an early idea of, like, like, that's just planting, that's just set up and payoff, it's a very fundamental idea in storytelling these days is almost something that we take for granted but like the specter of Chekhov's gun sort of like very much like um uh Schrodinger's cat like Schrodinger's cat I'm so off topic but bear with me Schrodinger's cat is um this example that's given to prove how like ridiculous quantum theory is the I the point of the example of Schrodinger's cat is um Oh, quantum physics is saying that if you don't observe this cat, it's both alive and dead. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that stupid? Isn't that so contrary to the way that we know the world works? Um, but, like, it gets filtered through so many layers of, like, pop culture that that context gets lost. And Schrodinger's cat just becomes, like, accepted as fact. It's like, oh, yeah, if you put a cat in a room with a poison capsule, it's both alive and dead. That's how it works. When, of course, the, like, point of the original example is that that's a ridiculous thing to say. Um, and very much, I think, a similar thing has happened here with Chekhov's gun where, um, like, it's about like, trying to set up very basic ideas of, like, drama and, and set up and payoff, but, like, with a lot of Chekhov's actual shows, like Uncle Yarnov, um, uh, the plots are so much less, tr like, traditional than that format would imply, like, that format makes you think about, like, very traditional ways of structuring a story, and a lot of Chekhov's shows are so much more meandering than that, that there actually isn't the kind of foreshadowing that you would expect out of, like, the guy for whom Chekhov's gun is named. So anyway, we're dedicating this entire episode to the concept of Chekhov's gun. Um, 
We're gonna make an OC. We're gonna make a character. We're gonna spend like three minutes on that character. We're it's gonna be like we're gonna start the season on the lowest effort character possible, and then the rest of this episode is us gonna be spitting out shit we didn't land in a number. However many episodes we decide season two is gonna be of characters, we're gonna we're gonna decide on that many objects that our character is going to leave around their Russian estate or wherever it is that they live. Um, and then over the course of the rest of season two, every character that we create is going to find one of those objects. That's, 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 that's season two. That's what we're doing. Thanks for letting me talk for like six straight minutes about a plate, right? I've barely read any of. You're welcome. I had so little to say. I thought this came from Star Trek. I didn't know about the playwright. Now everyone knows I'm stupid. You're not stupid. It's just that you aren't necessarily as studied on 19th and 18th century Russian playwrights. It's okay. The the most common hobby of people of my age group, right? That's what all... <laughs> That's what all the elder millennials are talking about. So how many episodes, Amber? My brain immediately goes 45. What about you? Great. That's a little bit shorter than season one, but I'm like fine with that. We can say 45. Okay, cool. 45 objects to come up with. Wait, can we say, can we say 51? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what? No, let's do 52. DC Universe, baby. Here's the thing is that if we, if we do 51, then it's 51 ob episodes plus this one. For a total of fifty-two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, you've. Won. That's my. That's my. That's my thought. Fifty-one episodes. Plus this one for a total of fifty-two episodes. We did it. We're so smart. That's why we have a podcast. Okay, so the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna invent a little, a little Russian freak, just a little guy running around a little estate feeling probably a huge sense of listlessness and um uh yearning for a better life and um uh, a sense of melancholy the origin of which they cannot precisely place so 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 just like the, the the origins of nostalgia being a longing for home during the war just like that just like a little russian guy that's who's sad in that's the castle. all of the fucking that's all of the that's all of the checkout characters i'm sorry to all the checkheads but that's all of them just, just a sad dude in a castle who was like i can't i, I cannot go home like Do they have castles in russia probably this is how little i know <laughs> i would imagine there were, there were the, the kremlin you know the fucking family who got shot while wearing their fucking diamond encrusted vests whose names i can't remember now the now the russian history buffs are really upset with me because i can't remember the fucking <laughs> russian lineage of the czars and all that shit i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry everyone. okay but we have somebody who is probably descended or distantly related to a czar or some shit wandering around a castle feeling sad because they are very alone and very, very Russian. <laughs> and also are very forgetful because they keep leaving objects around their castle. Absent-minded, sad Russian, balding castle. How depthful do we have to get here? Like, not at all. That's not what this episode is about. <laughs> then I'm good. <laughs> I want a name and a fun fact. <laughs> 
<laughs> his name is I don't speak Russian. I mean, like, okay, at that point, it's just like, what is the like most obvious Russian name that we could possibly imagine? Vodka Gorbalski. That was going to be Zangov's <laughs> name in the original rough draft for Street Fighter One, and then Wait, <laughs> Greater Heads prevail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zankiv's working name was Vodka Gorbalski. Vodka Gorbalski. Shout out to <laughs> Japanese men in the 80s <laughs> trying to make a Russian. Great. So the first object that Vodka Gorbalski is leaving around his manor is a bottle of vodka. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Yep. Bottle. We haven't even done our fun fact of peace yet, but we have the first item that he has left around the the Russian castle. Oh, Jesus. Uh, my fun fact is that Vodka Gorbalski hates potatoes. Because <laughs> that's where vodka comes from. <laughs> For the record, if you're if you're new to the show, if you're just listening in for the first time because it's the beginning of season two and you've decided that this is a great time to jump into the podcast, it is not. Pick a different episode. Choose something you like. And if you like Chekhov plays, I'm sorry. Oh, we did it. We fucked. Oh. My fun fact about Vodka Gorbalski... <laughs> <laughs> I had this instinct to be like my fun fact is that he is a time traveler and that's why he gets to leave things around that may not be setting appropriate I was like no 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 it's a Chekhov play I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna have at least that much respect for the source material <laughs> well we named him Vodka Gorbalski Uh, isn't vodka made from potatoes? Isn't that the whole thing about vodka? Yeah, that's, that's, that was the joke. Vodka Gorbalski has three sisters and grew up on a cherry orchard. Alright, those are our two fun facts about, I, uh, shout out, <laughs> shout out Bunt Jackson, shout out Bunt Vodka Jackson, Gorbalski. round two. Why does this podcast have lore, Devin? Because of course it did. Of course, all podcasts have lore. Every single one of them. Even Behind the Bastards is like ostensibly a history podcast, and there's forever Redditors scrolling through because Robert offhandedly was like, I recorded one while tripping on acid. Can you find it? Like, this is just what happens. You Jesus. Get lore. Here's my... Here's my... Here's my prediction for this episode before we actually get into the meat of it is that um, I think that this episode is going to, the first time you listen, be a little bit boring. And once you go back and revisit it after the season is done, it'll be so, so cool to hear us planting all of the characters in advance and to like hear all of our little objects and be like, oh... A vase of roses? I know which character that is. Hopefully. Hope planning ahead? Us? Wow. Look at us. We're inventing new things in the field of podcasting. <laughs> the concept of foresight. 
Let's, let's items. Items it up. Do you have the things to keep track of? We've got number one. I'm ready. A bottle I've got of it. Vodka. I've got it pulled up. Number one, a bottle of vodka. And then let's just... What do we think? We, we, we trade off? Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. So I, I did... Who did who did it first? You or me? I don't remember. I did vodka. Okay. Um, a letter from a deceased cousin. Deceased cousin. I can spell deceased. I know how to spell words. We're talking about literature on today's episode. Um, my third one is a book of pornography. Oh boy, we're um, we're going for it. We're just whatever. I think I think that someday on some episode we're gonna be really happy that we planted the book of pornography. <laughs> It'll be a bad episode, but we'll be glad that we did it. A receipt for a high-class restaurant. A gun. A pair of baby shoes, never worn. <laughs> a tarnished wedding ring, comma, like in episode one of Sherlock. A microphone. A dead cat. A training bra. A training bra? A training bra. Ooh. An envelope full of money. A bouquet of daffodils. A toy train. A pristine DVD box set of The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, so we're, we are going out of setting then. Well, man... We gotta come up with 51 items. It's gonna get stupid. I really, I feel like we are learning a lot about vodka by <laughs> the objects that we're placing here. And I gotta say, vodka's a piece of shit. Vodka's a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't like vodka very much. He's an asshole. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> F tier OC Vodka Korpalski. Okay, in which case, I am fully going to say um, a portable time machine. <laughs> Fuck you. A pair of loaded dice. A sword. A demon's eye. An actual hair from the actual head of the actual Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. <laughs> what, Devin? What, Devin? Too challenging for you? What, are you offended? Sorry, Devin, but it's comedy's job to push limits. Sorry, Devin, I don't care who I upset with my comedy. <laughs> Fuck you, then. He's got 12 Rules of Life by Jordan B. Peterson. <laughs> Vodka sucks ass. A box of Kraft Mac and Cheese. <laughs> He's got a freaking shark with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking head. I hate you. That'll be fun for the Austin Powers episode that I guess we're fucking doing in season two now. A baggie of fentanyl, parentheses, deadly. <laughs> a mall katana. I like that we have a real sword in here, and we also have a mall katana separately. <laughs> a very nice painting. 
a book in a language they don't understand. A very bad painting. An unopened condom. A fairy in a bottle. A used condom. Gross. I I have to agree with Amber. I think this episode's only going to be good like, when season two is in the back. Honestly, we're going much faster through this than I expected us to. I really was thinking when we started this that it was going to be a very long episode because it was going to take us a long time to come up with, like, 51 items. But this is actually going very, very quickly. I'm trying to... We're, we've got 30 out of 51 already, and I'm, I'm looking at them, and they are getting more ridiculous as they go. I'm trying to come up with more that are a little bit more setting agnostic so that, you know, we don't end up stuck doing the fucking Legend of Zelda episode and giving the character a, a DVD box set of Lord of the Rings, you know? Uh, that's funny, because I was like, I need to go more fantastical with my next few picks, because I love I fantasy. mean, you can go fantastical for a few more, as long as we get a couple of more a couple of more general ones in there. Alright, a mix. I can mix it up. Whose turn is it to go? It's mine. Okay. I'm gonna say a radio. Homemade alcohol of an unspecific variety. You know, my first alcohol that I ever had was um, mead that my mom brewed. She used to brew mead, and I inherited some. That makes sense. I just I made some mead not too long ago with Isaac that I think is ready in a few months. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, Isaac did it probably like in part because it's a thing that mom did. Oh, well, that's sweet. Yeah, all right. My first alcohol was smearing off ice. My mom let me drink when I was in like middle school. How was that experience for you? So, you know, same thing, really, right? You know, your, your mom drinking. Uh-huh. Um, uh, mine happened when I was 21 because I was a loser. But um. anyway, 21 is a dark lipstick. Or 33. Sorry, I don't know. I literally. It's because we were talking about alcohol. Um... A autographed poster. A silver bullet. A keepsake from their personal hero. A flute. The last tear of the last unicorn. Literally Pandora's box. A mask. A mask is really good. I'm surprised we didn't already have that one, actually. Coming in on the home stretch here. Um, a coil of rope. The deed to a family estate. Oh, that one's actually very Chekhov of you. <laughs> I did it! Wow, this is a real this is a real Anton Chekhov episode. Good job, everybody. Hey Amber, question in the middle of this: What happens if we do episodes with multiple OCs? Um, uh, I think that each of the each of these goes to a single episode, oh, not okay. necessarily to a single character. That's my thought. Okay. I'm willing to be told I'm wrong, but now that makes sense to me. I like the idea that this gives us 52 episodes. I just wanted to double check real quick. A sequin jumpsuit. A disease. Ooh. That one's really fun. Good, because my next one's fucking stupid. <laughs> Good, we want to balance them out. We want to get some of each of them, you know? <laughs> A magic ring. A velociraptor. Oh, okay. 
Honestly, I can totally imagine that someday we'll do a franchise where being able to look at our list of prompts and, like, I can imagine the episode where having a Velociraptor on that list of prompts is a really cool thing to have. <laughs> I don't know which episode it's going to be. At this point, I'm thinking, like, okay, what are ones to hold on? Like, if if we work through all of them, what are ones that I know are going to work in those last couple episodes? <laughs> no matter what. Because whatever the last episodes of the season are, we're getting stuck with whatever's left. Hold on to Velociraptors until we do our gritty, grounded Gem and the Holograms <laughs> reboot. <laughs> I actually think the Velociraptors would work much better in a non-gritty, non-grounded Gem and the Holograms reboot. I can totally imagine the episode of that show where they get a Velociraptor. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. But that's why, yeah, you give it to the one that makes less sense because it's stupid. Because <laughs> that's in the spirit. We're not doing that right now. A dark pact. A broken phone. Get ready because uh, the next one's your last one. Um... I don't know whether to be serious or stupid. A talking animal sidekick. The secret to world peace. Wow. This is an important podcast. This podcast is about important real world issues. And for 51, the 51st and final object, the collected works of Anton Chekhov. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, 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 I really want vodka to own that. I, I really, I think that having the collected works of Anton Chekhov is actually maybe not as weird as some of the rest of this. Like, obviously, uh, Anton Chekhov himself would never write in, I don't know, um, a mall katana because he wouldn't. He wouldn't know what that is. But writing in the collected works of Anton Chekhov, like, honestly, like, so much of The Seagull is about a bunch of actors performing a play and not being happy with it. It's so fucking self-referential and meta. And, um, uh, so I think that having a character in the works of Anton Chekhov carrying around the works of Anton Chekhov is, like, it's out of the bounds of what he would do, but it's less out of the bounds than, like, a silver bullet would be. It sounds a little self-congratulatory, and another word for that is masturbatory, and masturbate is a thing people often do when they read fan fiction. Why? Because characters kiss, and Amber, that leads us to a new segment for season two! Hopefully I'm putting in the sound that you will hear when we talk about this section! In Yowie Art, the semi, or top, is usually It was fun. Their relationship is cute, damn it! I ship that. I'm excited to hear it. I haven't heard the new sound, so that'll be fun for me. I posted it on Twitter and I'll send you the link on Discord. So anyway, the new section of season two is called I Ship It, because Amber, we made a whole podcast about OCs and neglected shipping for 70-some-odd gosh-darn episodes. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? Man, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's your segment. You, you, t you, tell, you tell me. 
what are, oh, <laughs> I, I just meant what were we doing for this episode. But what we're doing is we're going to discuss if there are any characters we would ship our OC with and or who we think the community would ship this OC with. So let's say we make a South Park character. We get to talk about who the fandom at large would think our character would be compatible with and just talk a little bit about that. And maybe it's a place to talk about this character's sexuality if it applies. Because OCs need to be a little horny. And not enough they of our OCs are horny. horny. It's important that they're a little bit horny. So Amber, as the resident Chekhov's expert, <laughs> who's vodka Thank you, it's very generous of you. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's an important detail about vodka how old is he what is vodka like a young a young dreamer who is wasting his youth by pacing around his castle sadly or is vodka an old man who has been worn down by time i've been picturing old man worn down by time but what does time mean when he has a time machine questions we'd answer if this oc wasn't stupid Yeah, so I think that there's, like, as non-a-resident expert, um, I'm going to take us back to the seagull again because it's the one that most recent that I most recently read. The the mom, what's her name? Hold on, I'm going to Google what her name is. God, their names are all so fucking Russian. <laughs> Arkadina or Arkadina or... I'm going to say Arkadina. Um, she is uh, already in a relationship. We gotta like decide here and now for this segment how much that matters, how much like existing dynamics matter, or how much like, cause like, do shippers actually care about that? Or like, I don't spend that much time actually in shipping spaces. Do shippers just ship whomever with whomever because John Locke is cute and they don't give a fuck if John is married? It comes and goes i know i lean more towards one that do make compatibility sense but also sometimes just aesthetically these two characters look cute together mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well she's a woman who i imagine being around his age um she is an artist she uh, and an and actress specifically and she's extremely vain and like uses her art as like an excuse to be extremely vain um and i think that she would uh make him sad and that would complete his character arc i think that it would be fun to watch them be sad together <laughs> we stand a sad couple and uh more but most important question how does vodka fuck Oh, how does vodka fuck? What do we mean by that? We're still figuring out the kinks in season two, folks. <laughs> you know, is he is he a tender lover? Is he a selfish lover? Does the foreplay last too long because he's self-conscious? Is he okay with himself sexually? Is he repressed? Is he open? Is he free? What's he do? What gets him horny? I think he's not free at all. I think... I think that vodka has a lot of ideas about how sex is supposed to happen, and um, he's not very good at the ways that it is supposed to happen um, because he doesn't get a lot of practice with it, and um, and he's really worked up about it, and he has a longing for like a woman who's gonna see him for who he is, but ultimately um, uh, just is kind of too sad to put in the work to go out and make that happen. 
Yeah, I see a I see a sad man who spends a lot of time jerking it. And some of the fanfic is about him jerking it. God. Aren't you well, happy check off man that this is what <laughs> this is <laughs> rolling in your grave as two chuckle fucks. <laughs> Name a character in your honor, Vodka Korpalski. <laughs> You know what I just remembered right now um, is that I decided earlier I was going to try to use Season 2 to work on my voice. I was going to try to practice that, um, and I was going to try practice inflecting with my pitch instead of just with my volume. Um, so I'm going to try to do that going forward, and I'm going to try to use this as a constant reminder because, Devin, voice training is so fucking hard. It's like you have to commit to it, and I'm really, really bad at committing to it, and I think if I'm going to try to use this as, like, a bi-weekly reminder. We record every two weeks is the thing that's happening there. Um, anyway, do we have anything else to say about this episode? I think that's it. Are we doing the new Season 2 sign-offs? I think we are going to do the new Season 2 sign-offs. Well, then, everyone, hopefully you stuck around for this very strange and experimental episode and join us next week <laughs> when Amber tries in vain to get us to talk about Gem and the Holograms. But actually here's the thing, Amber, I was gonna have us do our Wanderlust episode that I promised all the way back in the dark universe casting episode, but I'm not in love with that show. And I think that show is middling at best. And I want to come out the gate strong. I really want to have a good big episode, like a fan favorite. So Amber, we're going back to tell Forgotten. Fuck, I don't know the name of the setting. We're going back to Pathfinder, baby. Devin, I could not even a little bit tell what you said there through the way, however you just interacted with the mic. We're doing Pathfinder. Oh, yay! Okay, great. I can bring out all of my Pathfinder knowledge then. That's really exciting. Um, uh, please head on over to our merch store um, where we will be selling guns that we have planted in the ground. <laughs> That's your sign-off. It's going to be a little bit different every time, but I'm going to tease whatever's happening in our merch store that week. There's new things every week. Every week we get a new thing in our merch store. <laughs> That's... Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I guess that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Season two.